following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting show, tantalizing show, show of mystery, wonder, and excitement, a show that ranks right up there with those alien shows, as Fred Penny likes to say. This is Radio Law Talk. I'm Todd Kunin. With me here is Denise Dirks, not seated to my right, but seated across from me in the usual opposing position. And the person normally seated to my right is on assignment. Fred Penny not here today, but with us in spirit. And if we're lucky, maybe he'll call. Most likely he'll text something. We'll hear from him undoubtedly at some point. And the indispensable, undisputed, heavyweight champion of the broadcast booth, Calvin Hunter behind the glass. Cal, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm well, thank you. It's great to see all of you here, of course. We're thrilled about that. And... Uh Especially on a double points case or no case day. A double points case or no case, which means that that I I may have the opportunity from going from way last place to just semi last place. Mr. Penny has 18 points, but he's not going to pick up any today. Denise has 25. You have 14. For, so uh, so theoretically, theoretically, I could surpass Fred, but that's assuming that I am able to outfox the Karnak of case or no case. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, you know, uh, with our audience, I would imagine that there are a good number of people that get the Karnak reference. Well, I hope so. Yes. Well, I don't, so Johnny I'm sorry. Carson, Johnny Carson would at times put on a turban and um, oh, on the late okay, show and portray it. Karnak the Magnificent, hold up an envelope with the answer, and Ed McMahon right. would give him the questions, and it was That's a right. hilarious bit. Really funny stuff. Yes. I love that. I, I love Johnny Carson. Oh, Johnny Carson was, uh, you know, what a treasure. The best of the best. Yes, yes. But we don't have anything on Case or No Case about Johnny Carson, although we do talk about Hollywood sometimes. We well, we are going to talk a little bit about Hollywood today. Some of, the yes. th- some of the things we will talk about are Disney. Disney defeats a pregnancy discrimination suit. Yeah, that was confirmed on appeal. We've got Michael Avenatti is in the news. News again. You won't believe what he's accused of doing this time. If you haven't already, uh, if you haven't already heard, we've got uh, soap opera news. Sony in a lawsuit where they were alleged to have to have plotted to destroy the days of our lives, like sands through the hourglass. <laughs> <laughs> so are not the days of our lives. The Weather Channel is sued. Not what you think. I mean, it's not like they said, you know, it's going to be cloudy today and or it's sunny today. So somebody washed their car and then said, no, there's, there's. Uh, Although uh, such lawsuits have been filed. Yes, yeah. yes, you know. But uh, yeah, the Weather Channel is being sued. What else do we have, Denise? We have um, an update on the USS. Um, Cole bombing case, and it's a very interesting decision, and I have a little anecdotal thing to say with it, because I did have a similar type of experience as the outcome of this case.
place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to share that. Um, that it involves. Is yes. Okay. I just yes. So put, it's going to be fun. We'll we'll save that one for later. Had to put that in there. Yes. And just then so. we're also going to talk a little bit about Kate Steinle's parents not being allowed to um, sue the um, San Francisco as a sanctuary city. That's right. Kate Steinle was the victim of a uh, murder by a homeless individual who was um, an illegal in a, the country illegally. In the country illegally, and San Francisco had not deported him or reported him to ICE. Well, we'll talk about all but of that. But that was Ninth Circuit, and so it could yes. go beyond that. It might, my guess is my it guess will. is it will. Yeah. yeah. Um, it needs to, actually. I, I think that I that issue, that. Yeah. you know, is one that we want we want to hear from the Supreme Court on. Especially when news came out that about 63 or so entities in California, counties or cities, are not complying with the sanctuary state laws. They're finding end runs around the law. Uh, they are posting on their web pages when illegal immigrants are being released from jail rather than informing ICE directly so ICE can see when they're being released and come and pick them up. They found a lot of workarounds around this sanctuary state law because they simply don't agree with it and they don't think it's productive. And I think it should be done at the local level. To be candid with you, I think that is something that, because what, what's happening, well, we'll talk about all that, but what's happening is a lot of our farmers are really suffering because they can't get the workers in and that's the reality what has happened and and a lot of attorneys um, are working to try to get these uh, working for counties literally trying to get workers in on a legal way and there are worker programs where they can do that and there are and, and this all boils down to Bracera and Jerry Brown that's the attorney general Xavier Bracera and Jerry Brown fighting President Trump and promising to fight him every step of the way, and they found a big battle, and they got a bill passed in the legislature, the Sanctuary State Bill. It is really about Trump versus California. It, it's, it gets down to that simple. It, in my it does. And that's what we'll talk about when it comes up, and we, you guys are giving it all away. Uh, I know. Bad, you know I saw in the, spoiler alert I, here, I guys. Saw, <laughs> I saw in the queue here <laughs> also, we've got uh, information about uh, about Jesse Smollett, mm-hmm. and then I also saw here in the queue Triple X, and I immediately went to that, and it's about... <laughs> You're so predictable. It's about Vin Diesel <laughs> and his lawsuit. But So those are all the things we got coming up, but We also have our traditional, the tradition of radio law talk, which is none other than case or no case. Now it's time to play case or no case. All right. If you want to get started, we're going to get started. Law firm prank goes unappreciated. Last year, a law firm played an April Fool's joke on its employees. The firm, Well, Geisha, and Farnwort, announced a new email policy that would ban all emails being sent between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. in a work environment where many lawyers were working 12 to 16 hours per day. It was a cruel tease about work-life balance. Of course, there was no such ban. When the firm's lawyers found out the new policy was a hoax, There was an immediate backlash and a lot of anger. And as you might imagine, the lawyers, especially the newest ones that worked the longest hours, plotted legal recourse. And so I ask you, Denise, we'll go with you first. Case or no case? Well, if it's not, it should be. 
that's for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I, I always worked at a smaller firm mm-hmm. just because of that issue. I did not want to have to live my life in a cubicle, you know, um, just for the billing hour, honestly. And a lot of the times in the big firms, you don't get that much client contact. And um, and the big names in the firms, they get a lot of glory. And who's doing all the grueling work? Yeah, you the, know? the 16 to 18 hour a, a day guys yes. that are trying to work their way into a partnership exactly role. Yeah. or exactly. just trying to work their way so they can have one day off a week Fair point. you know it's like wow yeah. and um any in any event uh what would be the cause of action it would be um intentional infliction of emotional distress maybe because they put the teaser out there and then they took it back uh they could take it violations of the um uh the federal laws on um work hours perhaps depending on if they're what their status is and because a lot of times attorneys are exempt from right. those their wage salary um, than hourly. it could also be for i don't know i'm going to say that it isn't a case <laughs> Darn it. I wished it was. I just don't feel like it's a case. Mr. Kunin, what are your thoughts on Well, my thoughts are that since I heard the music coming in, mm-hmm. and we've got this, and I feel like I'm at the Radio Law Talk wave, <laughs> or rave, rather, I'm going to I'm gonna hold off and, and allow myself to think about this for just a smidge. That's the danger, isn't it? Yes. yes. You know, it's always dangerous yeah. when I think about That's things. That's exactly Because you can start to see the smoke coming out of my ears. But we will be back. We'll get a recap on what the scenario is, and then I will pontificate as usual. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. Hey, call us at 855-529-7234. Don't forget you can listen to all the old shows on radiolawtalk.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. 
cost of getting rid of garbage is high and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at Northwest Compacting. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Or Todd Kunin, as the case may be. And in the second hour, Denise Dirks is going to take the reins and, and show us how many beans make five. And then we'll be back to me in the third hour. Really wish Fred was here. I always miss it when he's not here. But, Cal, can you give us a recap of, of our case or no case? Our conk? Yeah, because, of course, this is April Fool's. This is Monday, so April 1st. And uh, a law firm decided, that an offer, a law firm by the name of Well, Getcha, and Farnwort, announced a new email policy that would ban emails being sent between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. in a work environment where lawyers typically work 12 to 16 hours per day, especially junior lawyers. The partners, not so much. You know, they're out playing golf and goofing around and driving big cars and making big money. Uh, So then they realized that that was a hoax, and so they got upset especially the junior lawyers, the ones right out of school that were doing all of the really heavy lifting, and they decided to do something about it. They plotted a legal recourse, and I asked if it was case or no case, and Denise said, no, it was not a case, and Todd said... Well, okay, so this is what I'm going to say based upon everything that you have said. What was the name of the law firm again? Well, W-E-I-L, maybe it's Wheel. And the middle name is G-E-T-S-C-H-A, so I'm guessing Getcha, but I could be wrong, and Farnwort, F-A-R-N-W-O-E-R-T. So, we'll get you, Farnwort. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> That's good. We'll get <laughs> you, Farnwort. And then you mentioned that this was April Fool's yeah. weekend. Mm-hmm. That's when they did it. And, um, and the employees... I came up with some sort of uh, we'll get you know what I just I gotta go with a legal plot. I gotta go with Denise on this one and say this is no case. I think that Cal has given too many too many hints of the uh, of the April foolage, and Mm. uh, and I'm gonna go no case. Well, it's interesting. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) It is an actual scenario. Yes, this but happened. not a case. This happened. <laughs> and, uh, yes, it, it, it really did. And they did get a case together. They took it to the partners and said, you pull this kind of crap again, we're going to file it. And the large firm said, you're right. We humbly apologize. No case. <laughs> yeah. So I pick, up, I pick up points on Fred. But it's a real law firm's name. So I thought the law firm name was too good. I was going to use Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Dewey, you know, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> no, Lowball and Lynch. Oh, yeah, That's one of my Lynch. favorites that's because that is absolutely a true law firm. Yeah, there's some funny names out there. <laughs> yeah, like like a dentist by the last name of Pullum. Or, you know, or, or Toothacre. <laughs> yeah. There was a dentist where I was from that was Toothacre. Yeah, and I mean, come on, right? <laughs> what's, the, what's, the, what's the worst time of day to have a dentist appointment? 
uh, when you have to go. Whenever no, it is. No, yeah. The worst time of day to have a dentist appointment scheduled is 2.30. 2.30. 2.30. 2.30. That's it, my tooth hurts. Yeah. No, you got a lot of teeth jokes. Yeah, you know you know how they... I'm from a small town in California. How small is it? I'm from Yuba City, California. And do you know how you know that the toothbrush was invented in Yuba City? Yes. Yes, we actually know this one. Because if it was invented anywhere else, they'd call it a teeth brush. The original joke was Oroville. I heard it. But at any rate... At any rate, yes, it's all the same, and we love our listeners in Oroville. Yes, listening we do. on twelve ninety KPAY on Sunday nights. We do. Hey. Uh, hey, Denise. Yes, sir. What do you want to talk about? What's What's first on your list here? As I experience a slight technical difficulty with my ability to uh, to raise a couple of articles, I'll let you go ahead and take the lead and pick something for us to talk about here. Well, I we we forgot to mention about the Disney. Um, case the, the the pregnancy one. Yes, that exactly. was that was what I started out with. Oh, it was that was a teaser. Oh, see, that I was, was really that, listening. That was a teaser <laughs> that that they that they their their decision was affirmed on appeal. But I'll be honest. Uh, you could probably explain that one better than I could about what is actually going on. What happened with our folks at Disney? Well, they had an employee um, who really wanted to uh, move up, and she didn't move up. And she went out on pregnancy leave, and while she was out, a job opening came, and she applied for that and really wanted that job opening, and it did not get given to her. So she basically filed suit against Disney to allege that they were discriminating against her because she was pregnant and and, um, had been out on pregnancy leave. Clearly, that had to have been the only reason that she didn't get this job. No, No, the story was that she left, and they held the job by putting a placeholder in there. And as soon as she came back to work, they she said, "Okay, I'm ready. Let's do this." And they said, "Well, you know, we we've, we've already put someone else in there, and uh, and uh, they basically put up a glass ceiling, a baby ceiling, uh, on her. That that was her her view. Basically, right? saying that she just wasn't ready for it right, yet. Right. Whatever that means. And it yeah. feels to me. I mean, I don't know if the the. Uh, the appellate courts were all male, a male panel, or if they had a mixture of male and female. But some of the reasoning didn't feel right to me okay. because they said um, that she, um, oh, and and she, she, her name was um, a bad, and she said that she was effectively discharged from her job because she had that glass ceiling put on her. And they said, well, we don't believe that. We don't think there was any discrimination. In fact, they replaced, they didn't replace her, but they had put in and hired another woman for the position. And they used that as part of the reasoning, and I didn't really think that that was something that was um, should have been part of the reasoning. Well, it would be difficult to prove discrimination against females if they hired another female. Yeah, I think and, that but would this be wasn't the... about gender. This is definitely about the pregnancy issue. So, so, so look, it, this would be a very difficult. She, she had an uphill battle on this one. True. I, and 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 here's why. I mean, so. So the position that she was applying for opened up while she was on maternity leave, okay? And then because she didn't get it, she quit... Before 
before her maternity leave ended. So essentially, from the employer's standpoint, a position opens up while you're on maternity leave. You clearly can't take it while you're on maternity leave if the employer has any exigency of exigency of needing to fill the position. They did, and then when you quit before your maternity leave even is done, the employer can argue, look, you went out on maternity leave, you decided not to come back, which is a very common thing. You know, we're coming and, up on a break. Exactly, you, that's way. true. And good for her, by the way. Yeah, we're coming up on a break. We're going to talk about this more when we come back because there are issues relating to pregnancy leave that we can kind of flush out and, and family discuss. medical leaves and different kinds of family leaves. A- absolutely. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. If you want to participate, what's the number to call, Denise? 855-729-7234, 855-LAW-RADIO. Or you can catch us on at Radio Law Talk on Twitter. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. Letty & Company. My name is Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I've assembled an excellent team of highly experienced personal injury trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. At Penny & Associates, we will aggressively represent you and your family when someone has been injured in an accident. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. For a free initial consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or call 1-800-616-4LAW and ask for Frederick, Stewart, Rob, Kevin, Kent, or Will. That's Frederick Penny. USA Radio News with Rick Vincent. Calling U.S. immigration policy pathetic, President Donald Trump told reporters at his Florida resort he may just go ahead and close the border with Mexico this coming week. It's very easy for them to stop people from coming up and they don't choose to do it. Well, we're not going to give them hundreds of billions of dollars and tell them that they're not going to use their strong immigration laws to help the United States. 
So there's a very good likelihood that I'll be closing the border next week, and that'll be just fine with me. The president says they're running out of detention space, and the illegal immigrants just keep coming in record numbers. He says if he closes the border, it could remain that way for some time. Also, Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen has requested Congress for legislation that would allow her department to deport Central American unaccompanied minors quickly and detain families longer. She's facing pushback from House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Benny Thompson, a Democrat. You're listening to USA Radio News. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-399-6392. 1-800-399-6392. That's 1-800-399-6392. Let me ask you something. What are you doing when you put money in a 401k or IRA or store jumper cables in your vehicle or purchase health insurance? You're preparing. You're preparing to ensure you have enough money for retirement. You're preparing for when your car battery dies or to have assistance paying a major unexpected medical bill. That all makes sense. The same goes for building a food storage plan. You're preparing for when emergencies or disasters strike and shelves go empty at your grocery store. The best way to prepare is with My Patriot Supply. They've helped a million hardworking Americans become more self-sufficient. My Patriot Supply sells hundreds of items, including dozens of emergency food kits, at MyPatriotSupply.com. It could be an earthquake, a cyber attack freezing our banking system, or a disaster that shuts down our power grid for weeks. For all these emergencies and more, get your supplies and prepare today at MyPatriotSupply.com. No more rushing to find empty store shelves because you're too late. Do it now so you're ready. MyPatriotSupply.com site radiolawtalk.com you can listen to the show there and there's a lot of other good information too that's radiolawtalk.com radio law talk <laughs> okay we're, we're back we're talking about this disney case um the discrimination lawsuit that was filed against disney by a woman who believes that she was passed o- essentially passed over for a promotion and she believes the basis for the for the passover if you will was because of her pregnancy but there there's a timing issue here and there are some facts that that don't necessarily cut in her favor if she had done things a little bit differently she might have been able to perfect her claim a little bit better we were talking about on the break denise what was the what was one of the things that she did that really sort of undermined her ability to perfect her claim? Well, she asked for a promotion, first and foremost. Then she got pregnant. She gave notice she was going to go on maternity leave during the spring. And then she says that her supervisor started to make comments about working parents and how they're, they're not as good of uh, workers and, you know, all this type of stuff. Now, let's stop right there. Up to that point... Case is looking pretty good for her. I think so. Up till that point. But then we go on 
And where did it start to maybe go south for the case? So she goes on maternity leave and she applies for this position. Nothing wrong there. She doesn't come back to work. She ends up, because she doesn't get the, the position, um, two days before her leave ends, she f- quits saying she's effectively terminated. That was the wrong thing to do. She needed to go back, back it up, and if they really are doing this kind of bias um, and prejudicial type of behavior toward her and created a work a hostile work environment around her, she wouldn't have a much better case. So from Disney's standpoint, had she not quit, she had a position to come back to. Exactly. The same position that she was in. She doesn't have any notice from Disney saying, uh, you're fired, don't come back, happy parenthood, nothing like that. She doesn't come back... And we're going to get into the rationale of the court in just a second. Now, the court seemed to focus a little too much on the gender of of the supervisor and the gender of the person who did get the promotion right. and how that shouldn't necessarily carry the day. Unless she filed under gender discrimination. Well, I believe her claim was under pregnancy it discrimination. Was. Okay. Yes. It was. Um, and, and you're right. If, if it's gender discrimination, one of the big defenses is if, uh, if you were hired as a female... Obviously, that sounds odd. That sounds odd ten years ago. It doesn't sound odd in today's day and age. With it still uh, sounds odd, but yes, yes we get yes, the point. But, but <laughs> you know, if they hired you, it's hard to make a gender discrimination claim that they fired you. And a, they didn't fire you. You quit. And b, if they were really discriminatory, they wouldn't have hired you in the first place. That that's a defense that can be raised. Yeah, it, it, unfortunately, when you're looking at the gender discrimination, I don't think that the person who does the discrimination, their gender should really apply. Because females can be just as biased against other females. And and that's something that I, I think there's too easy of an out. Well, I also think, though, that there, there comes a point when you're doing this, when you're going to take money out of a company's bank account, that you have to look at the overall culture, either in that department or in that company, do you not? Instead I, of just saying, well, we think she may, I mean, I understand it's a personal thing, but if the supervisor says, look, if you're not going to come back, it's possible. She said, if you're not going to come back, you're not going to get the promotion. Why don't you just quit? I mean, she could have said that. I mean, there could have we been. Know. Yes. Well, you know, we that would be an important fact and would seem like that would have been something would have been addressed right away if that was a fact here. Um, I just think, you know, maybe the person that was hiring for the job thought she was not going to come back. You know, maybe the, it, these are the in, in inherent biases that people have. Maybe when she somebody wasn't qualified. Well, that, maybe that's she what wasn't they very good. Maybe she just didn't deserve to move up. Maybe to the she next wasn't level. ready. No, no, that's yeah. what they said. In a you merit know? position. Yeah. Now, exactly. Yeah. Now, for her discrimination claim, we're talking about what she could have done to maybe more perfect the claim. It would have been maybe better for her if she is alleging that about the time she got pregnant, her supervisor started making derogatory comments or negative comments about parents in the workplace. She would have really needed a been stronger if she had actually come back to the position that she had and actually suffered that discrimination. Um, you know, and and look, if if the supervisor is really that way, then you would maybe expect if she's as bad as you say she is, you would have expected um, maybe not being given the statutory right 
to have a private to privacy to express breast milk that the law exactly. requires. You're not given the time off to deal with sick children. Exactly. You're now being required to work hours that you would not normally work, and your claim would be that the employer is doing it just to make it harder for you as a parent. If she had come back and suffered actual negative consequences because she is now a parent, now her claim that she didn't get the promotion because she got pregnant and 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 she's being treated negatively is stronger because she's able to point to actual damages she has suffered as opposed to speculative damages, the chief of which being her termination, which, oh, by the way, was something she chose to do. was voluntary. Yes. yes. You, you hit the nail on the head. That is exactly what, she, what needed to happen here. Not that we wanted there to be a lawsuit against Disney for Disney to fail, you guys. We're, we're just talking about the facts and how they played out, and it, it doesn't matter who the players are in it. Um, you know, we like this kind of law. We like we like the appeal at courts keeping the law fresh and, and doing this stuff. I mean, that's what I think. I mean, I? Just maybe on the lighter side, it's hard not to uh, look at this and think. I mean, how many Disney movies have you seen where the mother is not present in this? It's always the uh, it's always the the princess, like the, the Cinderella, Snow White, the princess who's got the wicked stepmother, the biological mother is gone, then the dad is gone and stuff. And here we've got a lawsuit where they're attacking Disney treatment of new mothers and pregnancy discrimination. It's like, oh my gosh, the lawsuit's starting to follow a lot of the plot lines of your movies here. Well, how many <laughs> times do you see a Disney movie where they have a pregnant woman? Hey, that might be an actual bias itself. Mm. I mean, can you think of anything? I can only think of one. I mean, Snow White didn't exactly have seven children. No. Yeah. No, no, no. She had... Oh, don't get me started on Snow White. <laughs> I, I had a... I'm, you start talking about Snow White, and I'm having flashbacks to <laughs> girls I dated in yeah. college. Okay, okay, snow. enough yeah, said. Beautiful <laughs> Snow White, we might add. Yeah. But that's, what, that's what's going on with the Disney Corporation. So that's uh, that's the fight that they are in, and, and the, the long and short of it is this. At the end of the day, the appellate court sided for Disney. That's true. They, they yes, the, 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 the fairy godmother panel of the appellate court said, Oh, in addition to you having a bumpkin that will turn into a carriage, you're not liable for the pregnancy discrimination, and go on thy way and, and eat an apple and stay away from witches in the woods, all right? And, and be always wearied of men who come along and kiss dead women. Um, I don't think this one is likely to get appealed to the Supreme Court. Prob- I think it's probably right. not. Just the facts wouldn't appear to merit it based on what you said, would I, they? I don't think I, so. I, I would think in this one, it, you'd be hard-pressed based upon the limited version of the facts that we have. I can't see a lot of attorneys lining up. I mean, look. There are attorneys that will say, uh, all right, if you want to go ahead and pay my fee and then quote a quarter million dollars for the appeal or whatever they quote, um, I'll do it. But I can't imagine this person has the uh, the, the money to foot the bill for it, and I just think That's it's going right. to be priced out of a ballpark. And in the bo- and in the lower court, it actually was disposed of by a motion for summary judgment. So it's not likely that this is going to see it stay in court. And remember... If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. <laughs> yes. Litigate to your last dime. We'll litigate to your last nickel. That's the way That's the way things happen here. But uh, so moving on, we're going to stay in the uh, entertainment realm here. Uh, kind of, because there's an attorney out of L.A. Name one, Michael Avenatti. 
And Avenatti. Maybe a latte. <laughs> I like that show. And, and Avenatti. I'm sure Avenatti is saying that every day. Exactly. Yes, uh, you know, we, we, we're just Love high. This. We're high on his Christmas list here. Yes. But Avenatti, um, boy, he has really gotten himself into some hot water with with regard to his tactics as a lawyer. And, and, and here's here's one of the... Before we get into that, Denise, you have a comment. I do. Remember, uh, it was a few weeks ago. It could have been a month or so ago. We were talking about the case where the attorneys... Uh, the Bezos case. Yes. Where the attorneys um, had... Uh, pretty much said to Bezo, if you don't do this, then we're going to release these private facts about you. Do you remember that case? I remember that. And Fred was on the side that it was a legitimate settlement offer discussions, right? And you and I were kind of on the fence a little bit about that, that it could be that it's not correct or that it was a, uh, it went a little bit too far um, over the line of settlement negotiations. So this is what this case reminds me of. Avenatti's case reminds me and brings me back to the Bezos case. I thought of the exact same episode when I read this, and we're going to talk about what Avenatti said, what the feds say, crossed the line even for an attorney, and what landed him with a felony lawsuit looking at upwards of 20 or 30 years of potential incarceration. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. Chime in on at Radio Law Talk on Twitter. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. No points for you. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now, back to your host, Frederick Penny. I can't even do a Fred Penny impression. I, I just can't. Um, he's, he's got such a distinctive voice. I could try. But Fred Penny, on assignment, did, you know, I said that he, uh, that he would undoubtedly check in either by call or text, and we did get a text from him. He is listening, and uh, Fred, we miss you, buddy. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. But we're talking about Michael Avenatti. Now, as a, as a backdrop, we talked a little bit about what he's facing right now. As a backdrop, if you recall, I think it was last week, we talked about some uh, the Adidas company and the shoe apparel and the coaches that were caught up in this uh, getting money from apparel uh, companies to help recruit players to go to various schools that maybe the uh, apparel company provides their uniforms or whatever and on the heels of this you know that that in that investigation been going on for some time and Mr. Avenatti claims that while that was going on he had people coming to him claiming that another large apparel manufacturer whose name starts with an N and rhymes with bikey, uh, Nike, uh, he claims that they were engaged in the same type of conduct. And, and 
that he represented, I think he described it as, you know, you get 100 calls, and of the 100 calls, maybe 10 are legitimate, but he does have the 10 or so individuals that called him, that he investigated, and he was able to, he believes, prove that Nike was engaged in similar conduct like it had happened in another case. And and the other case involved football. That's right. And the one that he's talking about, he, he his... This was in, in kind of interesting. His alleged client was identified as a coach for an amateur athletic union men's basketball program yeah. well, in and, California. Well, and, and the other one was also basketball. Well, it was, it, it was okay. Louisville, and uh, Rick Pitino got you know accused with all this. So it was all about basketball. Um, I, I was, you know, you, <laughs> it. I immediately, I immediately thought of a certain individual when they said it was a coach of an AAU team, um, but it didn't turn out to be him, a coach that I am aware of who actually started his own brand of shoe when his son turned pro and turned down millions of dollars. A brand that's going broke because somebody stole a million and a half dollars from it, by the way. Yes, Uh-oh. that is yeah. true. And a brand that had shoes that were priced way out of the market. I'm sorry, 500 bucks for a pair of shoes is just a bit steep. But... We digress. So Avenatti claims that Nike is is engaged in all of this. And at that point, look, your job as a lawyer up until then, that's fine. All right? You have this, and it's even fine. It's fine to engage in settlement prior to filing a lawsuit. It's how he went about it. So as he he made initial contact with Nike, basically saying... um, I have a lot of power in social media, and if you don't pay me, I'm going to hold a press conference, and it's going to bring your share market down. It's going to bring everything down. I want you to pay me this amount. I want you to pay my client this amount, and I want you to hire my firm to do your internal investigation. Okay, and and, and, and Nike, when they heard that, this is where I say kudos to Nike. They said... Uh, Thank you for the call. We'll take this under advisement. And immediately contacted the feds. Absolutely. As they should have done. Yes. And these are allegations, folks. We do have to make sure that we're putting out there. These are allegations. And if these facts are the way that they are, um, it could be that Michael Avenatti is going to have some trouble. He's actually been uh, accused now and actually uh, arraigned for four different counts um, of crimes. Um, the first, this, and this is a New York case, yes. by the way. Um, the first one is extortion, transmission of interstate communications with the intent to extort, conspiracy to transmit interstate communications with the intent to, so there's a co-conspirator here we got to talk about, and conspiracy to commit Extortion. Now, it's the, really important. Those the, the extortion word is being used it, here. Exactly, and and the 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 beauty for Nike calling the feds is that they don't have to rely solely upon what Nike claims that Avenatti said, because once they contacted the feds, they set up another call, Avenatti and Nike. But this time, the feds were listening in as part of an investigation and recorded it and recorded Avenatti making statements like, I don't play around. This isn't some bull. I'm not blinking around, guys. Yes. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And I can go ahead and bring your market share, the accusations alone. And, you know, and everything that he was throwing around really sounded extremely extorted. It, it, It went above and beyond in the prosecutor's eyes 
obviously because they indicted him, what an attorney can legally engage in when engaging in settlement negotiations. Right. It's basically, they said he was using his law license as a weapon now. That's right. And where the facts with Beso are the same is the threatened the threat itself to release the damaging information, that's that's the one that is identical with Bezos. Um, the company in Bezos, that's what they threatened. We're going to release these private pictures of you. Yes. Right? That's damaging to him on social media. And, and, and Avenatti did. Avenatti did the exact same thing and even said, and, and if you settle with us, we go off into the sunset and you never hear from us again. Cal. But there's a difference. And that is that Avenatti not only claimed to be representing a client, but he also attempted to enrich himself without a client in the loop. And as my understanding, that's one of the major things that the feds are cracking down on him about, was that it was self-enrichment rather than on behalf it's of anyone It's actually a himself. conflict of interest. Yeah, he put go. himself yeah. into an actual conflict of interest yeah. with his own client. Yeah, and, and, and for those of you, just to read the tea leaves a little bit, what we're talking about here specifically is when he said, I want you to hire my firm to go. conduct this investigation. Now he's mixing his personal in with in with the, uh, the clients, the clients. and that's where this differs from Bezos. So if if, if Fred were here, he'd be arguing probably more on you know look the things that an attorney says in negotiations a lot like attorney client privilege is sacrosanct. There are things, and he's got a great point with that. He does, mm-hmm. but where it differs, where his point I think was really good with Bezos. Where it differs here is with the self-enrichment that Avenatti engaged in. Now, it's not just Avenatti either. Because we talked about... Before you get to the yes. next point, um, I can argue that because they sold the pictures and they put it in their news magazines, they did self-enrich. That's true. But that was the client self-enriching and not the lawyer. That's the point. The lawyer just there got his go. little skim and yes. Avenatti wanted the whole thing. Hire exactly. me, give me $20 million, and oh, by the way, pay my clients. Yes, and more yes. importantly, would he, when he says, I'll do the investigation for your firm, what does he do there? He becomes a co-conspirator, perhaps. Exactly. Is he going to keep that alleged crime by Nike under wraps? It, he puts exactly. himself right into the middle. Now, Silly. Now, we talked about there was another prominent, well-known attorney who represents celebrities whom we have talked about on this show because of his representation of individuals such as, a case we'll talk about in a little bit, Jesse Smollett. Um, this attorney is none other than Mark Garagos. Garagos, who represented Scott Peterson. And the, Michael Jackson. And he and represented Michael Jackson. He represented uh, Colin Kaepernick in this latest collusion lawsuit against the NFL. He represents Jesse uh, Smollett in his case. Was he on the OJ team? He was I n- thought he was. He was yeah. not he on was the OJ. Not. He was okay. not. Okay. But he was on another major but, um, uh, criminal case, too, and I can't remember. It was probably the Michael Jackson one that we're attributing. It, it, it was. And He's a frequent commenter, a retained commenter on CNN. And well, appara- not anymore. Well, he was. Yeah. And apparently, Garagos was present in some of the meetings with 
and on the conference calls with Avenatti as part of Avenatti's team going after Nike, he got swept up into this as a co-conspirator, has now immediately been terminated. His contract as a commentator for CNN has been terminated, and and he's going to have to face this. So, you know, it's, it's the Michael Avenatti show and the collateral damage. He's cut ties, or Stormy Daniels has cut ties with him. It's a, it's a sinking ship. The fact of the matter is, as the music takes us into our break, Michael Avenatti has got a tough road to hoe coming up. He's facing serious jail time. He's out now on $300,000 bond. Right. And and he's facing upwards of 30 years if convicted of everything. Unlikely he would get the max, but the feds don't mess around. No, and, and he's, he's had a lot of problems. He hasn't been winning his case. And, you know, his track record uh, in the public has been pretty poor recently. So that does it for the first hour. Went by like a hot knife through butter. Uh, we're moving into hour number two here on Radio Law Talk. A lot more to discuss. Another case or no case. Stick around. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.